Hello, and welcome, welcome to, to A Photographic Life. Thank you, Florence, and thank you, Sam, for uh, giving us the welcome to the podcast this week. We're still in lockdown here in the UK, or at least Florence is still not at school and Sam's still working from home. So it seemed appropriate to me that um, they joined us briefly this week. They could also have said, welcome to a rainy shed, because after a week of uh, heat, it's suddenly cooling down and the rains have come. When I recorded last uh, week's podcast, um, it was just after George Floyd's, uh, the situation with George George Floyd and and his murder, I think we can say. And uh, I had no idea what was about to happen in America, particularly to journalists and to photographers and filmmakers and uh, TV crews and the police brutality which was um, shown to them. I also uh, couldn't have imagined the incredibly powerful images which came out of that situation and which are still coming out of that situation. Uh, One of which um, I wrote about and is on the uh, United Nations of Photography website. So taken was I by the image. I saw it on Sunday morning and immediately sat down to read an article which I posted that day. I also tweeted that I thought it was an image of our times um, and it was retweeted and liked uh, many thousands of times. It just goes to show, doesn't it, the power of the photographic image is still with us just as the power of the moving image uh, is there as a form of evidence uh, that things did really happen. In the last week, I also saw... um, a comment, a quotation. I'm not sure where it came from, but it it really made me think. And it it was this. Questions are the gateway to thinking. And they certainly are for me. And that, that in the same time, kind of made me think about a number of questions. Uh, Are we in a state of limbo, looking back at our archives whilst doing our best to document the pandemic in the most creative and original way we can? pictures of isolation against pictures of trauma and death but what should we be doing refreshing our websites building databases of potential clients sorting out our social media engagement improving our board but broadband so we can be on zoom in a stronger way or whatever other form of online communication you're using should we learning how should we be learning how to make sourdough bread or considering a future career as a landscape gardener i don't know about any of that to be honest with you but what i do know is that the images i've seen coming out of america over the last week really do confirm the importance of photography you know the death of george floyd was based on visual evidence created by a 17 year old girl on her smartphone A CNN news crew were arrested live on air, being filmed. And they were just one news crew who uh, suffered such a a situation. A news crew in Louisville, Kentucky, were directly shot at by police with pepper bullets live on air. A German film crew were uh, harassed live on air. An Australian film crew were charged at live on air. And there's no shortage of film footage out there of protesters, peaceful protesters, as well as the looters, uh, being attacked. 
the photograph is our evidence. It is our historical evidence. And in that context, when the image is being grabbed purely to tell a story, all aesthetics go out of the window most of the time. It's strange, actually, that the picture I, I kind of uh, spotted and, and felt was incredibly strong, then appeared as um, the front cover of the Guardian newspaper on the Monday morning. The question I suppose came up about that image was because it was produced by a professional photographer and it had a true sense of uh, composition and use of light and shape and form and all those things that come together to make such a strong image. It then raises that question when we're used to seeing so many images that do not have those qualities. Well, is that image a construct? Was it created? Is the African-American woman kneeling down in front of the policeman, was she told to be there? Was she told to do that? How aware was she that what she was creating was such a strong image? I think these are all questions that are perfectly valid to be asked. And it's perfectly okay for the photographer to think of themselves as an image maker to create a narrative. That may be difficult for some people listening to this who feel that that's outside of the traditional morals and ethics of photojournalism. But when so many photographers are out there describing themselves as artists, perhaps the creation of the image is more relevant in the storytelling than the capturing of the moment. Or perhaps, which is how I feel, they can sit together as perfectly natural and comfortable bedfellows as long as the photographer involved in the image which has an element of construction to it is honest about that fact and honest about anything they do to the image after the original capture. This week we welcome onto the podcast a photographer dealing with just as big a story as COVID and um, what's going on in America at the moment uh, politically. Uh, that subject is climate change and pollution. Mandy Barker is an award-winning photographer whose work involving marine plastic debris over the past 10 years has received global recognition. Her work has been published in the National Geographic magazine, Time, The Guardian, The Financial Times and The New Scientist amongst others. And it's also been used to illustrate key scientific research papers. Barker was shortlisted for the Prick Protect uh, Space 2017 and nominated for the Magnum Foundation Fund and Deutsche Börse Foundation Photography Prize in 2020. In 2012, she was awarded the Royal Photographic Society's Environmental Bursary, and in 2018, she was a recipient of the 2018 National Geographic Society grant for research and exploration. Her first book, Beyond Drifting, Imperfectly Known Animals, was selected as one of the 10 best photography books of 2017 by the Smithsonian, and her book, Altered Ocean, was chosen by the Royal Photographic Society as one of their top 10 photo books of 2019. Also in 2019, uh, she collaborated with Stanford University with the launch of the virtual reality experience, Ripple, The Unintended Life of Plastics in the Sea. Her latest body of work, Luna Sea, that's L-U-N-A-S-E-A, 
created as part of the Henderson Island Plastic Pollution Expedition, I got through that, has just been released on her website. Barker is a member of the Union of Concerned Photographers, the UCP, which is dedicated to using the power of imagery to underline the urgency of environmental concerns. What photography means to me? Well, photography has captured me at different stages of my life. Um, And going back, my kind of first early memories were around 13 years of age when I remember pestering my parents to buy me a book for Christmas by Don McCullin. And on the front cover, there was a portrait of the shell-shocked US Marine taken in Vietnam. I'm sure you probably know the picture. And I was absolutely fascinated with this book. looked through it every single night and it changed the way I saw things because I wasn't really from an artistic background. And more importantly, it informed me about a situation that I didn't know much about. But more than that, I think it was the emotional connection to the image and the person, which at the time I didn't realise, but now I, I know how powerful that can be. As a teenager, I discovered the Impressions Gallery um, when it was in York, and I would go there whenever there was a new exhibition. And I also began spending my Sundays wandering around Hull Docks, which is where I'm from, and taking pictures of the mud flats there. I developed prints in my parents' bathroom, and when I won Photo of the Week for a black and white picture of a piece of frayed rope, at one of the Royal Photographic Society meetings I used to go to with my father, in the 1980s, um, he thought it was a mistake in comparison to the other beautiful images that he was chosen from, which was quite funny. Uh, I went on to study graphic design and worked in London, just a few streets away from the photographer's gallery when it was in Covent Garden. And I found myself there several times a week, eating my lunch uh, and looking up at the prints. It wasn't until later in life that I found the time to study photography uh, and I did that part-time at Harrogate College followed by an MA at De Montford in Leicester. Uh, Both of those courses were exactly what I was looking for and I was really extremely lucky to have some incredibly passionate and inspiring tutors on both courses which then resulted in my first project Indefinite in 2010 and then my first Soup Series in 2011. Having had major solos last year at both Impressions Gallery and the Royal Photographic Society House, this is just something that I never, ever would have imagined. But perhaps when I'm speaking about this now and I think about those early connections, perhaps the dream was always always there, I don't know. So what does photography mean to me now? In terms of my work, now covering 10 years, just still focusing on the one subject of plastic, uh, photography for me has to be as a vehicle for change essentially about communication, um, in my case about informing and educating people of the issue of plastic pollution. And if I can create visually attractive images to draw the viewer in to read the captions and then learn the disturbing story behind it, then this is a very powerful form of interaction. Um, If my work can move people emotionally, then this hopefully might connect people with the issue further and learn what I'm trying to say and might make them remember the image and also the objects they've seen in the image it might sort of connect with them on a daily basis when they're you know uh, consuming plastic because I work a lot with scientists as well my work has to be accurate if it's to be believed so whilst aesthetics are very important to engage people initially it has more to do with representing the facts so I guess in a way I use photography to give science a visual voice
also in terms of travel photography has taken me to places I never would have been able to go and to work with some of the greatest scientists in the world like the expedition I took part in last year to Henderson Island which is in the middle of the South Pacific it's more than 5,000 kilometres from the nearest landmass and also has one of the most plastic polluted beaches on the planet um, and this trip allowed me to create new work and obviously photography is the medium that has allowed me to do this and to be invited to go there. Art is not what you see, but it's what you make others see. Um, this is a quote by the French artist Edgar Degas and I think it perfectly sums up my work because I feel I'm not making images for myself but I'm making it for others to see uh, the plastic from marine locations and different places around the world that they perhaps would never get to see. Similar, similarly, really, in the same way that I was engaged by Don McCullen's war images because, of course, I could never experience the Vietnam War. If photography has the power to engage people and encourage them to act, um, to move them emotionally or at the very least just make them take notice of what they see, then I feel this is um, you know, a vital element to stimulate debate and ultimately change. And if I didn't believe that my work did any of these things, then I wouldn't be motivated to continue for so long as I have done. And it's photography that has enabled me to do this. Thank you, Mandy, for your contribution this week. A number of things that uh, occurred to me, as always, uh, just picking up on some of the things that Mandy said there. The second mention uh, by a photographer contributing to this strand uh, of a Don McCullum book being the kind of starting point. Uh, I think it's so easy to dismiss photographers um, from the past, but um, their influence at that time, and particularly Don McCullen's uh, influence, I think cannot be uh, underrated. I actually saw him on the television last week on the Mary Baird, uh, Beard, I should say, uh, culture programme, being uh, incredibly uh, kind of downbeat, which I, I do like about Don. But anyway, moving on... Um, Funny, actually, to hear Mandy talking about working in graphic design just a couple of roads away from the uh, photographer's gallery in uh, Covent Garden, just as I used to do. Um, and I also used to go there for lunch uh, just to drop in. Those, those kind of drop-in places, so informative. Uh, ethics, morals and facts being uh, brought forward there as being so important in Mandy's work. Uh, I suppose there's a real connection there. I know this may seem like a big jump, but I don't think it is between the work that Mandy's creating and the images I was talking about coming out of America over the last couple of weeks. We're all talking about the factual evidence of those images, but also the ethics and the morals of creating them. Photography is communication, again, an absolute constant in this thread. And you know, we've been doing this for a long time now. And it's still really, um, every time I listen to somebody speaking, it does spark for me different thought processes. But it also kind of uh, further emphasizes the, my beliefs uh, in storytelling, in the idea of photography as a... Uh, as a communicative tool because really i think that's where we are with it that idea of telling stories and letting people know about those things that ordinarily they wouldn't see 
Mandy also, of course, talking about that idea of photography being a passport, not just a passport to places, but literally a passport to travel to places that she wouldn't have gone to before. I think also just a, just a final pickup there from uh, from Mandy's contribution, the importance of her father. And again, this is something that has kind of recurred again and again each week. Uh, how often uh, a parent or a close friend has been so important in supporting uh, the young photographer. We're talking about morals and ethics. Um, I saw something in the last week um, which I suppose is quite troubling, and I know it received an, an awful lot of comments, and it was that uh, the photographer Martin Parr has created a series of face masks um, using his photography, and um, and he's selling them. Uh, a lot of people at the moment are making contributions out of their book sales or selling prints. Um, certainly the Trace Collective done a great job in the UK and raising a huge amount of money there uh, with Tracy Marshall and Sean uh, Bonnell. I think it's about 70 odd thousand pounds that they've raised. Um, so a lot of people actually thinking about raising money or selling things and giving a contribution to a charity. No sign of that with Martin Parr's face masks. But I think it also raises some important issues for us as photographers. And which of these is that it's not only when we're pressing the shutter that our morals and our ethics are uh, in question and that we need to be aware of what we're doing how, and how we're doing it and be empathetic to the people um, we may be capturing uh, in our images. It's also in our actions and our actions that surround our practice of being photographers, not only our everyday life actions, but our professional actions. And by doing something like that that Martin has done, you can look at his Twitter feed to just see the kind of response he's received. Perhaps this kind of way of thinking is out of step with the time. And times are changing, and we need to be aware of that. Black Lives Matter is, has now become a global support for what happened uh, in the previous weeks and i think as photographers we need to be aware not only of what we're doing photographically but what we're doing as people i think also institutions need to be aware that when we do come out of this covid all of that great work they've done to support the community uh, photographers globally free events free talks although as i've said before a lot of them have been asking you to register and therefore collecting your email data so look out to see if you start getting a lot of newsletters you're going to need to unsubscribe from but anyway um i think that's it's time for a change and it's time to reconsider in the last week, I was sent an email concerning a photographic workshop that was due to take place in a beautiful location in Italy. Um, I can't remember exactly uh, how much, but it was certainly in the thousands of dollars. I think it was about a five-day trip to Italy. That's now being put online, and uh, the figure is still a couple of thousand dollars. To me, that's out of step with the changes and the reality that we're seeing in the world today. And it's really important that all of us are aware of that. And of course, it's always important to take care. <laughs>